So one day I was doing highlights in the salon and the client looks at me and says, show me your tweeter. And I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, hold on, this is not that kind of salon. Okay. Uh, she was asking about Twitter. We're all about turning a crappy situation into something about positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. My guest today is Rachel Peterson. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you for being here. You are the social media queen. That's what some people call me, and I don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Rachel is very experienced in TikTok. It's one of your big platforms. What are your other platforms of choice these days? Well, I'm on every single social media platform, with the exception of Reddit because that's where the mean people live. So I avoid Reddit and 4chan, uh -huh. but we're on every single platform. My favorites right now are YouTube, TikTok, and blogging, as crazy as that is. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get so deep into social media and to where you're like running your own company now with it, doing a lot of obviously education and consulting? Um, anyway, give us, give us a little <laughs> update for our audience. For sure. Uh -huh. I feel like we have to go back since this is all about poop to gold. We got talk about the poop, right? Yeah. <laughs> so eight years ago, I actually, well, nine years ago, I became a single mom on accident, which was not the plan I had for my life in any way, shape or form. My dad was a pastor. It's a little bit of a shock for kind of everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but I became a single mom. And then my family went through some hardships. I went through some hardships and I found myself on welfare and food stamps and just so you guys know, like this is so crazy, but it doesn't give you as much money as you'd think. It barely covers diapers. So I'm sitting here in this crazy situation, like how in the world am I supposed to make ends meet? So I did what any rational person uh, does and I gave up my body to science. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally plasma? did, I did plasma, uh -huh. I did medical experiments. Mm. So I've tested a lot of the drugs that are on the market <laughs> oh now. Gosh. But you know what, that covered food and clothes and cribs and everything. And so I think going through that season really prepped me to do whatever it takes to make something succeed. Yeah. During that time, I became a hairstylist, which is actually why my hair is so great. I spent a lot of money to learn <laughs> how to do hair. Um, but I became a hairstylist, no training in marketing, anything of that sort. My husband and I met six years ago, and it was literally love at first sight. We met on a Wednesday. The following Wednesday, he told me he was in love with me. And I was wow, like, one week. it was pretty crazy. Uh -huh. And I said, thankfully, I feel the same way. <laughs> And then, you know, we started to profess our love to our families and they weren't excited for us at all. They were freaking <laughs> out. They're like, Rachel, you can't get married. Yeah, not so much about maybe him as just the short time frame, right? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they were a little worried about my judgment at this point in time oh, okay. yeah. um, from just a, a few crazy years. <laughs> and so uh, we were gonna wait six months to get married, but when no one was happy, I said, do you wanna get married tomorrow? And so 13 days after we met, we got married at the Mall of America on the third floor in the Chapel of Love. Oh my gosh. Pretty fun. Are you from the Midwest? I am. Okay. Born and raised in Minnesota. Oh wow. Yeah, I used to actually knock doors and sell so <gasps> alarm systems in the St. Paul area. Okay. I was living in Egan. Um, yep. Yeah, but anyway, and I've been to the Mall of, Mar Mall of America. Yeah. <laughs> and you, that's <laughs> you can amazing. Get married there. 13 days later? 13 days later. Like a true like shotgun style wedding, just boom. Oh, absolutely. I Vegas mean, without Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> I went and bought my dress that day. I worked a full work day and uh -huh. then punched out and went and met him and got married. Oh, man. 
Wow. So brave. Very much so. Uh But I just had this really strong gut feeling. This is the right path for your life. Yeah. Um, That didn't fix all of our financial problems at all. He was actually a high school dropout who was a window washer. Okay. I was a college dropout who is now a single mom and a hairstylist. Yeah. But I just knew something is right here. Okay. And so I followed it. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. Okay. So from there. From there. uh How do do we get to the gold, right? So one day I was doing highlights in the salon and the client looks at me and says, show me your tweeter. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Hold on. This is not that kind of salon. Okay. Uh, She was asking about Twitter. Basically, they were super social media illiterate and they they had no idea how to handle anything on Twitter, Facebook. And they had just bought this company that specialized in fast food fried chicken. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I saw this on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Uh So that was my very first client. I met up with them and I didn't feel like an expert. But what I knew is I could be an expert to them. So I went home, started just searching on Google and YouTube and watching videos and learning everything I could. They became my first client and pretty quickly I replaced my income. A few months later, I replaced Paul's income. Then we started to build what is now a multiple seven figure business. Awesome. So you basically started with what was either a pastime or a hobby, turned it into an actual job with the one client. And then from there, eventually made the jump. Were were they always a client or were you working for them as an employee? I was never a full-time employee. So I was at first, first yeah, kind of consulting. And in Uh fact, I think I was making like $15 an hour with them. To me, I was like, this is great money. This is like, you know, a paycheck of $150 every two weeks. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I just, I didn't realize how much I was going to fall in love with marketing and selling through marketing on social media. Um, the interesting thing is about 10 years ago, I jumped onto Twitter uh-huh. and I remember this was a stage of life where like I was pregnant uh-huh. and I was really, really broke. And I would watch these reality shows and I would go and I'd like tweet the stars of these reality shows and they would tweet back. And for me, it was this recognition that there was a portal into a different life. Yes. And that's why social media and I think, and I fell in love. We knew this is different. This is a way to like leap into a different life. Right. To basically shortcut some of those connections and some of that learning that you would otherwise in, you know, in the traditional sense, have to kind of slog through and either get there or, or move or do whatever you'd have to do, right? Exactly. Wow, that's fantastic. So ultimately, you are now in a place where you're teaching a lot of people, mm-hmm. consulting. Um, is Do you kind of consider TikTok your, your main platform now? Is that kind of your platform of choice? I would say TikTok is right up there. Okay. It's one that I try to be on five to ten times a day. Um, I really enjoy it, but with it, I recognize that it's like a trailer for your brand. So mm-hmm. with TikTok, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's 15 to 60 second videos, mm-hmm. meaning you are limited yep. and you have to know your business well enough to express it in a way that doesn't turn people off really fast. But I see it as like a top of funnel place to plug people into my more long form valuable content, whether it's on YouTube or my blog or my podcast. So I use TikTok as like this trailer for those different avenues. Yeah. Basically just throwing out a whole bunch of teasers. Yes. And then how do you get them to make the jump from watching your stuff on TikTok to interacting with you and engaging with you on the other platforms? So one thing about TikTok is that it changes a lot. So if we had had this conversation a week ago, I would say creatively, (laughs) like very, very creatively. We actually have our team trained in on how to reply to every single comment on certain videos and send people to a YouTube video or send people to a particular podcast. So they reply with links. Yep, they reply with links or Mm -hmm. they'll say, check out on our website. Here's Uh this in this place. But TikTok actually just rolled out this week 
clickable links for oh. certain beta testers. Wow. Which is, that is a game just changer. Yeah, just I haven't even heard about it myself because I've been yes. doing all this other stuff. But yeah. <laughs> so awesome. that was really powerful. Um, on TikTok, you can link to your Instagram. Instagram's never been my favorite platform, but it is a good platform. Uh -huh. um, you can link to your YouTube and now you can, for some people, have a clickable link as well. But I'm not scared to do a live stream on TikTok and tell people, hey guys, come behind the scenes. We're going to record one of my podcasts live and you guys can just hang out at the beginning and at the end, I plug my uh, podcast name and suddenly I watch the download spike. And so you can go directly to, um, you can send them directly to your website then. Exactly. Or just wherever. Okay, now I'm going to get on TikTok. It's going to be so <laughs> fun. I can't wait. <laughs> now we have obviously a lot of content that we can cut up and put on there. We're actually one oh, of our yeah. creative directors, uh, Johnny, has been playing with it and having a lot of success. I think he has like 90,000 followers. Oh my gosh. Something. It's so fun. How many followers do you have on TikTok? I think 139,000. Oh, good for you. Which is pretty good yeah, considering I'm just like strong. a mom of three from yeah. Minnesota. Nothing that exciting. That's pretty exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So take me back for just one minute. We're yeah. going to rewind to some of your poop moment <laughs> of when things were really bad. Explain to me a little bit of the motion surrounding when things got really dark. Was there a particular experience where it was like, I can't, either I can't do this anymore or something's got to change. Is there a breaking point? Would yeah. you have something there that you could talk about? Absolutely. I have a few of those moments. So I'm from Minnesota and we have really cold winters. I mean, some winters it gets negative 30, feels like negative 60. It's like dangerous to go outside, you can die. Yeah. Um, so we stay inside for a lot of winters. Um, and there was this one winter where we were living with a family member. They were also going through a very financially difficult season. Yeah. And our heat got turned off in the middle of winter. Oh, and this wow. was right before Christmas. And I was like, we don't have money for Christmas presents. Yeah. Our heat just got turned off. So we opened the oven because it was electric. Opened the oven and let that heat the house. Oh my gosh. We got some kerosene lamps from like Goodwill. Mm -hmm. And that was cheap and a cheap way to heat the house up. That was one of the lowest points. And I was so scared. My daughter Dakota was, you know, just a year old. And I was like, this is not going to be my life. Mm -hmm. um, that year, we, we made the best of it. It was a very poopy year. It was one of those moments where I just felt like a complete failure as a parent, mm -hmm. as a human, as a, a woman, as a, you know, as a, a nurturer. Um, but we made the best of it. And we did what's called a little house on the prairie Christmas. And oh, so we yeah. did an orange, a penny, oh, yeah. a candy cane, and a tin cup. Have you read uh, the I, little? Oh, yeah. Oh, those yeah, are that, such good those, books. Yeah, those were some of my favorite books growing up. Me too. Yeah. I was homeschooled and my mom had me oh, read gosh, those. I was homeschooled too. No way. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, so yeah. crazy. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot in common. Yeah, it's for like, sure. It's, <laughs> I'm starting to make a connection more and more here. <laughs> yes. So um, that we decided to make the best of it. And still in that moment, there was like just this feeling of failure and realizing, oh my gosh, if something doesn't change, uh -huh. we are down the path of my daughter being a statistic, me being a statistic. Everything is stacked against us right now. Something has to change. And in fact, um, a little bit before that, I was going through hair school and I remember thinking, if I can just make it through this and shine, mm -hmm. I can go get a job anywhere. Uh, I can become the most well-spoken. I'm not the best dressed. I'm maybe not even the most talented, but I'm going to do my best to show up consistently. And for me, at that time, the sign of hope was if I can get job opportunities from the top salons in Minnesota, will be made. Yeah. That's like the break. Yeah, you bet. And so I, I hustled. I remember there were girls that were like dressed in designer clothing at hair sure, school. Sure, yeah. And I'm like scrapped. They just like lived it. Yes, they lived that like co mm -hmm. uh, couture look yes. and life. 
and I was like going through the clearance racks at Goodwill, you uh -huh. know, trying to find something without a hole in it. But yeah. even if it had a hole, I could sew it up. And I was like, yeah. I just got to find something that's Banana Republic or J. Crew. Yeah. And you know, I would I would scrounge for those pieces just because I wanted to look the part so badly. Right. And so once we graduated, you know, I had interviewed at many salons, probably uh -huh. fifteen or twenty. Oh wow. Um, and then the that's calls so started cool. coming in, and I got the call from one of the top salons. I had five in mind. Okay. Got one of the calls and I was like, oh, and I just fell on my knees and bawled because I was like, this is a sign. Uh -huh. There's gold yeah. on the other side somewhere. Some I don't know what this here. looks like. Yeah. Um, and then one by one, I got calls from all five salons and they started putting in competing offers. And I was like, literally just on the floor crying. So thankful that God gave me an opportunity to get out of where we were at. Oh yeah. Whew. You were deep. Deep, deep. Man, that's amazing. What what a story. So that's that's so cool that you were able to recognize, okay, here's mm -hmm. the stepping stone that I need yeah. to be able to rise up out of this and then ultimately go after it, like you said, in any way possible. Yeah. Stitching together goodwill clothes. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, oh, whatever, whatever. I get emotional like thinking about that. Yeah. Whew, I'm not gonna cry on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. But no, it's it's yeah. that that is it's enough. I think to feel like you're either a failure to either your own hopes and dreams or to feel like you're, you've failed just in any, any kind of day-to-day -day life situation, but then it's a whole other thing to have the responsibility of being a parent and feeling like that with your kid. Yeah. It is so incredibly hard. And oh so. yeah, and you know, so I was on my own for that and that was at 21 and I hadn't necessarily planned on having kids, but right. once I realized I was gonna be a mom, I was like, all right, it's time to step up to that challenge and be a mom. Uh -huh. But I felt so young and so immature and suddenly it was like, now you're responsible for a human, not just providing, but setting an example. Yep. And so having my daughter was definitely a turning point in my life where I started to kind of get things together, you know? Oh man, yeah. Oof. Gave, gave you a really strong why. Yeah, oh yeah. That you had to you had to rise yeah. above this for her. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so much of like kind of that ignition moment for us of where, okay. Have you ever had, I was gonna say, have you ever had those moments? It's almost like your kids are like a, a booster pack of fuel in so your business? So I feel like those moments came for me me much earlier. Okay. I grew up in poverty. Um, and we, I remember working on the farm and then turning my paycheck over to my mom to help buy groceries. Wow. Um, cause it wasn't our family farm. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a friend of my parents that, uh, whose farm I was working on. Mm -hmm. And we were getting checks from time to time from my grandpa, who's now passed. Um, he, he was a successful professor at BYU and he was giving my parents assistance mm -hmm. year after year. And then we finally got to a point where we were old enough and we were making money as kids. And he was like, I'm not, I don't think this is necessarily benefiting the family anymore for me to give you guys money when you guys are going off and earning money for like a mountain bike. Like we'd have to pay for our own things, yep. but it was usually for things that we wanted. Yes. And he said, what I'll do is any money that you kids, I don't think I've ever told this story here on this podcast. Wow. He ultimately said, I, any money that you kids contribute towards the subsistence or just, just helping your family survive, yeah. I will match it in a savings fund for either your college oh my gosh. <laughs> or, or to be able to um, go serve a mission for your church. Wow. And he said, I'll, I'll do that, but I want to see you guys band together. And that changed my life, you know, yeah. um, in, in a big way. And to where I said to myself, I have got to put myself in a position where 
um, my kids don't go through this. Yeah. And then also I have got to put myself in a position where when I am my grandpa, I can do that <laughs> for my posterity or whoever it is. Yeah. And so that has been my drive is going through that as a family where we had the Christmases where there would have been none had yeah. people not show, flown. Like we had a very supportive church congregation that would come in and, and help out. Where I remember people doing 12 days of Christmas for us. I remember eating, you know, um, wheat mush, <laughs> like just crack, cracked wheat cereal yes. and potatoes, whatever came from, I mean, potatoes were, there are plenty of them in Idaho. Um, yep. <laughs> um, and uh, so we could get our hands on those or squash or something from the garden. But like, um, it just wasn't, we didn't have a lot of things that I saw a lot of my friends and yes. stuff have. But ultimately, like that shaped our entire, there's nine mm-hmm. of us kids and that shaped us all into who we are to where I think we all kind of have almost that overdrive of like, I can't, I can't allow my own family to go through that, which is kind of ironic because so much of it was so powerful in shaping yeah. who we are. Yes. <laughs> Right. And so our kids aren't getting those same kind of challenges yep. to teach them. But I mean, God will provide some sort of challenge for Absolutely. them in their own way. You know, I also think, too, that you look at the statistics of people who are who grow up in poverty and you and I are not the norm. Right. It's normally a cycle. It's right. something that goes on generation after generation. And so I imagine that if we raise our kids with gratitude and generosity and serving others and missions hearts, like that is going to set them up for success in a different way. Yeah. I just imagine it would be very different growing up in an abundance mentality versus lack. And like yeah. literally you might not have food tomorrow. Right. But I think it will give them a different set of challenges and advantages. Yes, I agree. Well, I didn't think that this is the way the podcast was going to go, but this is the way it definitely went. <laughs> so, so happy to have you on. If, if Where do you want our audience to find you? So the greatest place to find me is my website. It's okay. rachelpeterson.com. Yep. All E's and a D in my last name. Yep a little differently um, Mm -hmm. and you can find all of my social media platforms uh, a lot of the free value that I put out there on my website awesome yep and you train people on how to be social media managers I do I do awesome you've got a whole following in school that um, comes with that is what yeah what you put together and obviously she's she's you know a big deal on TikTok so you're you're out there no I'm I'm getting on now now that the links are there I'm like okay I see the vision where this is going no I knew that they would eventually get around to that always about building it for the end consumer first and then ultimately you know moving it towards the businesses and things like that yes awesome well thank you so much for taking time thank you so much what a beautiful story so glad so happy for your success success and can't wait to stay in touch on things it'll be fun same i loved hearing your story and i feel like it makes me even more so want to root for you guys it's so exciting thank you appreciate that well thank you all for joining us and we will see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Uh-huh. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14 Day Script Challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with 
our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, you actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script.